Hey, hey, welcome back to the No Approval Podcast with me, Pillar. I have such an exciting episode lined up for you guys today. I'm joined by the 24-year-old founder of Plant Made, which is a lifestyle company straight out of London that was born during the pandemic. That's right, the founder, Amma Amor Ajayi, is joining us. She has built this business over lockdown, right? And it's not just your average hair product brand. This is a brand that is focused on community. It's focused on helping people who have like hair loss issues and they have been taken over on social media. And they also have the receipts to show for that because in the past 18 months, this business has become a seven-figure business and Amma is here to kind of share her journey we're going to be talking business we're going to be talking social media you know with a sprinkle of pop culture so let's get into this episode so Amma Amor Ajayi welcome to the No Approval podcast oh thank you so much thank you so much <laughs> honestly you've killed it listen some of us are really just lying in our beds over pandemic just <laughs> worried about where's the next freelance job coming and she was like I'm building honestly I mean I had no choice unfortunately <laughs> but no your story is really good so at the beginning of each episode I start with a no approval moment and you know what I'm gonna switch up the no approval moment this week because there's something that's been happening in the world in popular culture that I really want to get your take on yeah. For everyone who saw the Oscars, if you didn't see the Oscars, you've definitely seen the memes off the back of the Oscars. Chris Rock tried to crack a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, about saying that, oh, we'll see you in G.I. Jane next year or something. And Will Smith went on stage, gave him a quick slap. And basically the context of that is that Jada has been quite open that she is suffering from alopecia. And I wanted to get your take because you've built a brand all about helping women, especially black women, but I know that you help a range of women, like you have all kinds of clients, but helping women kind of like repair their hair. And from my understanding and from my research, actually you started the business because you had issues with like balding on the sides. Yeah. Did you have a light case of alopecia yourself? So I just wanted to really, not really focus on the slap, but more focus on the aspect of what making fun of something like alopecia is. Like how important is hair to different women and how important is hair to especially black women as someone that has been through a similar thing yourself? Yeah, so the funny thing about all of this is that I know what it's like to deal with people at the, like every single day I'm dealing with men and women with this issue. So mm. obviously alopecia can't be reduced to one thing because people are like, oh, it's just losing your hair. It's just hair. That's the surface level of it. There's so many emotions and feelings when it comes to that because hair is tied up in self-esteem. Yes. It is because it's a part of you. And I know some people feel like their hair is something they can do whatever they want. They can cut it off. It doesn't mean anything to them. But that's not the majority of everybody. Like, it's a part of you the same way your hands are part of you. It serves a purpose. Like, it wouldn't be there, if, you know, if it wasn't necessary. So to say and to reduce someone's hair as just something that doesn't mean anything, it's not up to you to make that decision for someone else, which is why it's a hard conversation to have whether the joke was that deep or not that deep. At the end of the day, that person decides whether they want to take offense or not. 
and she clearly took offense and um yeah so I, oh, I helped. she took so much offense <laughs> and it, it was uh, I'm tired like I'm just uh whatever you know it was one of those things you know and yeah it's hard it's hard because there's so much emotional turmoil my my customers face both men and women they literally sometimes are voice noting sometimes I'm even having direct calls with them and they're like you can just see the emotion they don't feel confident in themselves they might even go out because of their hair and sometimes it's not always easy to put a wig on not everyone has the privilege to do that or even to have a wig that looks realistic it's like losing a part of yourself that you didn't sign up for you know what I mean Mm. like no one chooses to have alopecia (laughs) no one chooses to have alopecia which is the crazy part like no one chooses to lose their hair And, and I mean that for men and women any other gender you're assigned to like I generally believe like I don't take guys hairlines jokes it's not funny either yeah and my my direct thing is i hope i can help them because i know how being self-conscious feels like i was um dealing with some balding due to stress due to a literal hairstylist ripping my hair out <laughs> so and again wow. wasn't my choice wasn't even self-inflicted so it's like and now you're you're but you're the one stuck with the consequences you know what i mean and what that is is repairing your self-esteem or repairing how you how you see yourself those are things that are so personal, yeah. you know? So it was really hard to watch the conversation happen. Obviously, we're not going to go into the the men in the situation. I'm going to talk about Jada because... Yeah. That's, yeah, she's been open about it. And she's also openly spoke about how difficult it is dealing with this. Because again, it's not something she chose. She didn't choose to cut her hair. If, if she chose to cut her hair, it would be different. But she didn't. She, she and, and also some people were like, well, it doesn't look that bad. She cut it before it got that bad because she can't she can't be walking around. She's a public person. She can't be walking around looking like someone who has alopecia because then everyone's going to make fun of her. And so it's like yeah. people need to be a little bit more careful with how they, they maneuver the world and, and how they relate to people because at the end of the day, I feel like the world's coming to a place where anyone can just say anything about you and like, you're just going to have to take it. But that's not fair. That's not fair. Will Smith said not today. Because because if it was you, you you would have your own reactions, your, your feelings. But all of a sudden, when it's like someone else, it's different. Of course, of course it is. And do you know what? I really hope like the conversation moves on from the men and on to, as you said, Jada. And hopefully once everyone's finished with their memes and their jokes, I hope it creates a space and a conversation around hair loss, alopecia and things like that. So like, listen, nowadays I get it. Like comedians make jokes or whatever, but nowadays you're living in a different generation. Listen, Comedians need to be doing their research before they make them jokes. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's coming to now. You've got to just be moving like a professional, like a journalist. You're not going to get away with the jokes that you got away with like 10, 20 years ago. This is real life. Exactly. So I just hope that conversation comes to the forefront. And it's really good that we have you here. Coincidence that you're you're on the podcast the same week. (laughs) It's so weird. It's so weird. (laughs) So what has it been like for you? Like going from creating something to help yourself and now being able to help other people with the same issue and sis over lockdown I mean hey hey I mean it's actually been one of the best things that ever happened to me it's given me a mission in life and now you know and again thank you so much for saying that it's not hair brand because I say time and time again we're here to solve issues that haven't been solved before or, you know, issues that haven't been focused on before. That can expand to all sides of wellness. We just decided to start with hair. It's been great because I didn't even realise the severity of the situation. I didn't realise the severity of the amount of people in my own life that were dealing with the same thing. But Mm -hmm. I used to walk around with my alopecia though. 
because I w- it was almost like strength training, weirdly enough. I knew I had the issue yeah. and I personally stopped wearing wigs or anything like that or, or even braids that could cause that tension even more. I was like, I'm going to figure out how I can just keep my hair out and grow my hair back. Thankfully, I was able to do that. But it takes a lot of courage to do that because I definitely knew, like I'm even looking back at pictures and I'm like, how did people let me out? Inside the house. Oh my god! With my hair looking like that, <laughs> but I was building confidence. Basically, that was like a confidence yeah. exercise. But not everyone can do that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, not everyone can. And it's mad that how that confidence that you were building at the time, you didn't know that actually you're gonna need that on the journey that you're about to embark on. Right, right. Especially as visible as you have yeah. become and building something now, like it's not even about people just looking at your hair or the, people are going to be looking at your whole business and you need a different level of confidence for that yeah exactly and it's not easy because our customers are very very you know hard-mouthed like they be saying some stuff and I'm like wow like but it's because there's so much frustration coming from them so it's like I'm not going to clap yeah. back and be like why are you treating us like this why are you talking to us like this but it's just born out of frustration because they're just sick and tired of people lying to them brands lying to them about these products working for their hair they're they're sick and tired of just Mm -hmm. not finding a solution to such a problem that affects them so much there's so many things around the context of their behavior to us sometimes it's not it's not every day someone's attacking us on social but like we do get a lot of trolls and we're like yeah that that's not real that's not this doesn't work these products don't work bear in mind it's funny how someone who has not used a product can say it does not work but okay they'll be like oh you're selling snake oil um this and that mineral oil snake oil i tell you now in the past year this is the first time i've heard of snake oil whatever that is i still don't know <laughs> but <laughs> you're, you're probably like oh let me research that one if that's why <laughs> does it work i know for myself i'm not selling that but what is that <laughs> it's just confusing sometimes we get some hate but it's because we're dealing with such a hard hitting issue you know that kind of like if it, if we were selling tea we wouldn't be getting these kind of comments but because we're dealing with people's appearance people's confidence people are going to they're going to already have like so many walls built up so they're going to be like no I'm not even going to try and believe you because I believed some of you before didn't work for me gave me false hope I'm not going to do that again so it's on me like they're jaded exactly it's on me and my job you know my team to make sure we can communicate effectively how we don't even know we don't even know if you're going to see results with us but what we can guarantee is well you number one you'll get your money back if you don't see results in 90 days but number two, number two you'll get as much help as you humanly like as, as we can give humanly possible we'll we'll respond to your dms all the time we'll respond to your emails there's literally people consistently we know them by name oh yeah this person dm'd again just asking a question it's not a bother and they might see it as a bother but we're like this is our job we're going to help you through this. Yeah. I even took a Zoom call with someone because they were just frustrated. And I, and we had a 30-minute Zoom call. Wow. What, you're still doing that at this stage? Wow. It's so interesting. You know, when you say about the trolls and whatever, what a lot of people don't realise is that when you're, as someone who's had background in social, when you're dealing with big brands, and especially as well, like community-based brands, or even like I did a lot of work with like some tech brands that had customer service. You know, people use things like Zendesk. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, right. This is why people have to invest in customer services team because the um, the bigger you are, the higher the volume 
of like complaints, frustrations or whatever. It's just that you're not always physically seeing it. Yeah. Um, it's going through the back end. So it's a very normal thing to have, but because people don't see it as much, they think that it's, it doesn't happen or it means like, oh my gosh, that must mean something. Like, no, that it's normal. All the biggest brands in the world, they have, and that's why some of them, have you noticed like some people, what they do is like, they have a separate Twitter account for customer service. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they can divert the traffic of help that way so that it's not confusing to the customers, but it, it happens. So it's nothing that should really deter people because come on, this this is life. We've all made a, a complaint. Listen, ASOS, they've heard from me before. <laughs> And then afterwards, you go delete the tweet. Like, okay, they sorted it now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Some people are, are crazy. I remember one person, they literally spammed like 10, 10 of our like most popular posts on Instagram. And I'm like, our customers are so fast. They're just so fast, you know? And then someone else would be like, oh, wait, so should I not buy from this brand? They Like, why is there so much negativity? And it's like, so one, because all it takes is, one person to say something to put a doubt in someone's mind and they already have a doubt so that's why like and again it's nothing we can stop at the end of the day people feel how they feel but what we do is make sure whatever they say we are clapping back we are responding with the right thing with the facts with the facts with the facts whether it be our ingredients whether it be whether things work or don't work we know everything otherwise it wouldn't even make sense for us to be in business so we're gonna we're gonna have now an education piece so that we can make sure if someone's going to read this conversation they're going to see our clap back and they'll be like okay they know what they're doing let me let go of that doubt let me now see if I can buy some of their products or not well that's actually one thing that I really wanted to speak to you about is off the back of the documentary that you did Beauty Boss with BBC so when I was watching it like what really stood out to me is that you were mentioning all of the ingredients you were showing the process and I know like I was like right she showed everything but then I realized that actually most products we buy they do put their ingredients on the back of the bottle or whatever so I wanted to just ask you like what what differentiates the success of a brand like yourselves? Because the ingredients is there and you're ve- being very open and transparent about it. That means technically anyone could go and try and concoct it. Do you know what I mean? But then there's the marketing element of like, even if someone did that, they might not necessarily like achieve the same level of success. So I just wanted to kind of like hear from you on the difference between having a good product and having good marketing and where you guys think you stand on that? Yeah, I think that that's an awesome question. And not a lot of people ask that. I think legally we have to display our, our ingredients. Like these are legal stuff because if someone comes into your site and you're just doing up key ingredients, mm. right? Someone's allergic to something and you haven't disclosed that, that's on you. Wow. Yeah. Like that is legal like you have to do that. Well, specifically in this country or in the EU anyway. Anywhere else, I don't know about you, the US. They don't even have to get their products tested. We also have to have our products tested, which they are, to make sure the safety, because then there, you can't just be putting anything and everything in your hair. So we know, and we've already seen, like, I think it was like three, four months after I even started, I already started to see people that look very similar to us. But okay, cool. So you, we'll have that piece. We'll make sure we do, you know, what we need to do on the ingredient front, right? And even still, there's still some ingredients that people, like we were ahead. Like there wasn't a lot of people utilizing these ingredients. 
obviously now competitions come in. Yeah. So we can't do anything about that. Now when it comes to the messaging, that is the difference. <laughs> Especially even now due to this whole Jada thing, we might even lean more into some other things now to differentiate ourselves. But for one, it would be really leaning into the natural aspect and really using nature as the forefront of the business, mm-hmm. even including the name of the business, but also the name of the products as well. And making sure that no one now has to be like, oh, are these like vegan products? No, because n- number one, our name even says plant made. So now they know already. So it's almost just like we've made our brand so clear. Yeah. Just from the jump. And, and that's something that we love because people don't have to think twice. The more people think, the more we're battling whether or not they're going to buy from us. So there's that, there's that piece. Then we've created our, our universe of products under this natural umbrella. You know, you've got your drizzle, your inches, you've got your soil and stuff like that. Those are different, you know, and then people can really start to like see subconsciously what we're trying to do here, what the products, even the product benefits, because the names are even attached to the benefits of the products as well. So if it's a moisturizing conditioner, that's why dew is called dew. Drizzle, it makes sense because it's light hydration. That's exactly what it does as well. Oh, wow. This is detail. You guys, detail. <laughs> we take about three months to come up with product names because unfortunately with that, I'm that extra. I'm that extra and I've started that culture. So now we have to keep it going on. But a customer doesn't always have to know all of this information. But how do we make it clear what we're trying to do here? So there's that piece of even, you know, making this whole plant made universe. Then it's the marketing. We, the way we speak to our customers, yeah, we know them. So we know what we need to say. And some people just have that disconnect. And it's not even enough to do before and after pictures because everyone does them. Everyone has results. So it's the messaging piece. We're meeting them where they are. Even yesterday, because of all this uh, madness, I decided to make a video on the mental health piece of alopecia. And there's customers of ours pouring into those mentions, but we already knew that. Mm-hmm. So we're not even going to have the conversation about whether you know this and that is wrong. We're actually going to have the conversation about how our customers have come to us and how they feel when they feel helpless and, you know, that's the only reason why they have friction with us. I, don't, I just don't know if you're going to work. I don't know. And it's like, that's fine. That's fair. Because there's so many options out there. Obviously, on the ingredient level, we've made sure we're going to do our part. But on the community level, we're also going to do our part as well with education. We educate a lot. Because we're in the hair stage, I still call us a hair brand. So how we would be compared to hair brands is that the education isn't there. In emails and content, it's not there. No one's telling you how to deal with your hair, reasons why you might be losing your hair, things to do on wash day or whatever, or even the steps to take when applying your product. That's more of a skincare thing. So when we first launched, I looked at skincare to give me guidance on how to position the products because I know why skincare hits. It's because they have such a high level of education, of social proof in terms of before and after pictures, show, proving that, yes, these products work. It's this combination of things. So now I think we should lean even more into the mental health piece of chronic conditions and stuff like that, because if we do, we can, you know, elevate that community side. And then one last thing would be that we drop the products. So they're handmade. And because we have, we're so extra in how we make our product, we can't just be selling them all the time. So we drop them. And I know it was crazy because you drop clothes, you drop shoes. Some people are even dropping watches, but hair, that was weird. Hair products was strange, hair and beard growth products. So um, when we did that, everyone was like, well, every time we put stuff in stock, it'd sell out. So that means people would like it. Then people started to talk about it, but people couldn't get it. Mm. But in the meantime, whilst we're building up the stock, 
we'd have those conversations, the education piece and all that stuff in email, in our social content, so that they know before they've bought from us, wow, like, no, this brand actually, it feels different because it feels like they care. I think two things we stand for is we want to be the answer. We want to be nature's answer. So we're going to use nature to be the answer to your problems. But then also we're going to educate you. Like you you should feel like we don't even want you to buy from us, but we still want your 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 well-being basically. So we care more about you, you know, making sure you fix your issues and feel better and all that stuff rather than us getting a sale. And you know what? You know, when you say like the education part, I think the lack of education in the hair space is what kind of helped like catapult the increase of like natural hair YouTubers and just YouTubers that were educating you on how to like over lockdown I was like how do I cut my like my real hair under this wig I was like what am I doing with this I ain't had to wash my own hair for years like I don't know what I'm doing I had to go on YouTube and learn you couldn't go to brands website and figure that out even like the kind of products that I was buying I was like okay like these are the products I had growing up from my mum and we know like those products from the hair store like they're not really hitting anymore <laughs> do you know what I mean so I now had to do a whole education piece on how to actually care for and look after my own hair so yeah it's really interesting that you guys are, are leaning into that because if you can just go to one place to do all of that it's like what's the need of anything else so how important do you think like social media has been in the growth of your business I think social media has been the main reason like I started this even from my own Instagram which only had a thousand followers at the time because at the end of the day, like I didn't even try and start this business. The business started me. I, I always say that because my friends were telling me to to make them products rather than me saying, Hey guys, I have a hair oil. So that was already there. <laughs> and then basically I I went to shift people to an Instagram page and then started to put out some educational content as well as myself filming educational videos on hair like five reasons why your hair is breaking and stuff like that. Because I was like, if anyone's going to believe me on, you know, these ingredients I'm talking about or even helping them in their hair journey or their beard journey, even though I don't have a beard, if I don't make videos or content, they're not going to understand, they're not going to believe me. So I spent about two months outside of doing the ideation process for Plant Made, making videos, learning how to edit you know, doing wash day videos and stuff like that, just to make sure that people knew I'm serious. So if they're going to align me with this business, at least they know that I know something about hair. And thankfully I did. Was that, was that, did you spend two months like focusing on social pre-launch, like pre your official launch? Yeah. So basically I was collecting a bunch of before and after pictures from my friends and they were sending them within days. Some people were sending me before and afters, three days, Wow. Some people were sending me before and after a week, two weeks after. It was so quick. So I was just gathering those things and then posting them. So I had about 10 to 15 before and afters before we even launched, which was fantastic because I already had the proof that inches, because that was the first thing that launched, that had something in it that was really moving crazy. And that wasn't really about like that, especially in the UK. Mm. Inches is such a clever name as well, because you know, like, <laughs> that's what the girls love to, love to hear. Whether it's about your, your wig, your weave or your real hair, it's everyone wants the inches. Yeah, exactly. And when you can have the inches on your own hair, it's like, a, it's like, it's like even like a major. Exactly. So how much, like, if we're just going in a little bit more on the social, what is your breakdown between 
organic content that you're creating and kind of like paid content? And when did you know it was the right time to start investing in paid? Okay, so when it came to organic, it still is one of the things that moves the business. It's because of how we've set up everything in terms of the whole drop culture and stuff like that. Just naturally people, you know, have affinity to us and yeah that kind of scarcity although not intended helps us grow the business so that was a driver in a really big way in the beginning um, we also aligned ourselves with some creators small creators like Mo Chunk and we were able to actually do really well with that I really I really love her content I love her content too and I'm so happy through that we became friends but I'm just glad that you know we work with people like her and then we work with some bigger people as well like Nella Rose and stuff to really promote the products, but they all saw results. And even Mary Musa recently, she saw success with us. And obviously she had her whole ordeal with, you know, the wig situation. So it was amazing that we were able to help her through that. So we aligned ourselves with people, especially when we came back from the rebrand, we made sure we were going to learn how to make converting or attention grabbing videos. Because we, we, you could just tell that video is the moment and it's not going anywhere. It's now going to be the default communication piece of the internet. We need to master that. So that's literally what we've been doing for the past four months, mastering that. So we started doing paid in April of 2021. That's when we started doing paid. We did put a lot of money into that. Wow. So that was a while. That was a while of organic. We had nine months of organic and a little bit of influencer spent before we actually, you know, moved over to testing paid for us. Yeah. That is incredible to like hear that because, you know, like I think the first thing brands think of is, oh, I need to throw money. I need to throw money. Do you know what I mean? They all just instantly go on to paid and people be spending a lot of money on paid, but it can never replicate what people do organically. <laughs> it's expensive, you know, like if we're, if we're being honest, it's expensive. Anyone in the kind of marketing space knows that. But what is your background in terms of marketing? Because to me, when I look at your brand and when I hear you, you've got a mind of a marketer. And also just to like, you know, put a little throwback in there. You had a podcast called Rice at Home. So I had a listen to it. And and to me... <laughs> oh, no, 100%, 100%. You're laughing. Girl, you should be proud of your podcast. To me, it... um. What really stood out is it did, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounded like it was a like a personal development slash entrepreneurship podcast. I listened to one where you guys were talking about one of Apple's launches and how they kind of changed their marketing strategy for the current times as in when we were all in lockdown. It was like the Apple Watch can save you and stuff like that. So how much of your interest and your work before starting the business was rooted in marketing and just having a general interest in entrepreneurship? I definitely had a lot of marketing experience or a lot of marketing knowledge given to me before I started this business. So it actually actually helped me a lot I basically I was in my degree and I didn't like it and I was just like I was studying psychology by the way so I was like it's not that I didn't like psychology I still love humans learning about humans and stuff but what it was is that I did not think I could pursue clinical psychology because I just feel like it was a bit too much for me so I was like I'm looking at other avenues and I'm basically now thinking wait I was interested in business so I read up I read Rich Dad Poor Dad basically and if you if you read it, um, there's like four. Mm-hmm. That, that's the book. Yeah, that's the book. And the thing is, when you take action on the book, it slaps. 
when you read it and you don't do anything, it's just another book. But it's, that's the, with every book. That's with every book in that space. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, okay, cool. I want to, I like the idea of the business. That doesn't mean I grew up on business. I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone personally with a business or even a successful business. So it was, everything was new to me. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, what kind of business could I start? And then I was like, wait, marketing is really similar to psychology. So why don't I just do literally something that does not allow me to, you know, go so far away from what I know. Let me just attach my human skills to the skill side of marketing, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, basically that's what I was doing. I was um, reading marketing books. I was listening. Gary V was like, he was the guy at the time. Like he was the only guy I was listening to all his videos and everything like that. So I was like taking all of that in. I was doing a lot of that stuff. Do you know how much I used to love Gary V? hundred percent. hundred percent. He had a chokehold on us for a long time. He came to London twice. Why was I there on my own without knowing anyone? I was like, yeah, Gary. <laughs> I would be at his show, sis. I wish I, wish I could afford it at the time, but money was tight. <laughs> money was tight back then. But, um, I hear you. Not not anymore. Not anymore. But yeah, so Gary V and a few others really taught me the game. And then I was just like, well, I'm going to need experience. So I actually stumbled across, they call it business Twitter. Basically, there was just a, a bunch of Americans on Twitter that were just like learning so many things about marketing at once. So then I stumbled across copywriting, which is basically how to write to make money, how to make words sell. Then that's when everything was a shutdown, basically. I was like, okay, I'm I'm obsessed. I love this. I wanted to literally jump into the skill. Like, I really did. I was, like, reading so many amazing marketers and their advertorials and stuff and just seeing the application. Like, again, Apple was one of those brands that just knew how to storytell. I was like, even to this day, I'm trying to figure out how to do that at their level because I have never seen a watch save someone's life. Why do I have an Apple Watch on me right now? I didn't even have an interest until that point. <laughs> even me, if I don't, if I don't close my rings, I'm I'm upset. <laughs> that literally, I'm like, my rings are my life, and I'm beating everyone in my contacts. Like now, it's all of us. But this was never a thing before. But this is all storytelling. This is all positioning. And I was like, I must learn this. I was just so intrigued. Basically, my curiosity got me here, really and truly. I was just open and, and willing to learn. And that's, yeah, that's literally how I became wow. obsessed with marketing. <laughs> but did you ever have like a job in marketing? Because I know you had a sales job that you got made redundant from before starting the business. Did you not have, so you just, you literally learned everything from the internet? Yeah, I learned everything from the internet. And I even blagged my way to having a four-month um contract with a startup to copyright for them wow wow it's all making sense <laughs> it's all making sense now because it's just like no seriously because for the average person looking at it yeah they will just be like oh my gosh this is just another amazing success story you know you like you hear these success stories every now and again it's not an often thing to me I'm like mm -mm, this one's a marketer I can tell because of how she's <laughs> how she's growing this business it, everything seems just so like it's, it's as you said copywriting it's a thing that people don't really think about but I think sometimes the current generation like Gen Z millennials sometimes you think of it because you know like when you're on Instagram or TikTok you relate more to people that sound like they can talk like you they can talk to you they have the same interests in you so sometimes it's quite a natural thing that I think that some millennials some Gen Z have but it's not yeah. a natural thing to everyone so I really think that actually all that groundwork yeah. you did 
it, it's just like you were ready to go. Like once you had something you could pour that into, it's like you were ready to go and it shows. Yeah, because I even tried to be a freelancer for a hot second. Did you? How did that go? And um, yeah, it didn't work out. And I just was not getting clients. And like even the one client I got, it was just like, it didn't really hit. And I just feel like it was a good intention. But yeah, I was like switching niches all the time. I actually pitched so many successful health and wellness brands. I pitched so many of them. I was like, yeah, I want to write emails for you guys or I want to create ads for you guys. And no one was hitting. I don't, I know why now mm-hmm. they weren't because I get pitched every single day. And it's like, well, number one, maybe it might, the pitch might not have been that great. Mm. They don't need that right now. Or who are you to say this or this is not working? Uh, would you be sending those kind of emails? Unfortunately, due to the training of the internet... <laughs> Go on, tell tell let tell us what kind were you sending? Uh, <laughs> nah, but do you know what? I could tell like when some people like their their templates were a bit wild. Like some templates I was seeing was like, yeah, you guys are leaving money on the table. You're doing this and this and this and this wrong and adding no value. And it's like you can't just cuss someone out and then uh, then expect them to like work with you and also give you money. That's not how it works. Like that was wild. That was so wild. So. Um, yeah I definitely learned from that and so I tried to make it more personable and I was like oh look like I actually had a look at your Instagram or had a look at your emails they're cr- they're great I actually have some of these ideas and I really think they might actually be helpful so I was like I went the other way still didn't hit though <laughs> still didn't hit but it's okay. it is but you know what whoever started that trend or that template about like you need to cuss out the company to tell them why you need you they need to be done for their crimes because no it's not <laughs> that's not it and I can't like even at a time I thought that was it like I thought that's what you had to do but you really imagine coming into your business yeah. in the morning and you just getting one email that's offended you that person's on the blacklist straight like what's all this? Now that person, we need to we need to track down that person. They they need to be absolutely <laughs> done for their crimes. But I also wanted to just speak to you about like what's it like working with your friends and family? That's another thing that stood out to me. Like your mom works with you, which I love. Your brother works with you. Your friends, I think, is one of the people that you work with was even on your podcast as well, like a co-host. Yeah. So um, that's actually my boyfriend. Oh, is that your boyfriend? Sorry, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Oh, that's your that's your man. <laughs> She's taking yeah, everyone yeah. along. Um, She's taking the family, her man. You got it all patterned. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, because my family have skill sets that were just waiting to be utilized. Yeah. And it just somehow it was me. Like my brother, he's been in finance for a while and he didn't necessarily like it, only because it was what what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like he came into this business and I was like, oh, wow, like finance is lit. Like, you know, and also having this challenge of growing such a, I would like to say a cool business, um, <laughs> a cool business and being a part of that and being a, a massive part of that growth. Like, I'm so grateful to that. My mom, like, yeah, cool. She hasn't run her own business before. Well, technically she hasn't. You know, when someone just has a natural talent, yeah, like, yeah. she just knows how to just do stuff be organized also her suggestions are so right and like she didn't have to be in a position to do that probably my mum is going to be one of the few people that aren't necessarily in positions that I'm looking up towards that I'm going to take their advice Mm -hmm. she just knows what she's saying um so it was great um even my sister she's a hairstylist and she works with me and like getting that client you know 
perspective is amazing. Yeah. It's just that, and the thing is, like, I didn't necessarily ask them to come. Like, it was almost like they just did. Like, they want to be a part of it. They had the time. But they've been able to help grow this business to where it is. Um, and I know some people are like, oh, don't work with your friends, don't work with your family. And it's like, I don't know, you're probably going to like someone at work. So why don't you just like, why, why don't you just work with someone you already like? Yeah. Now, and, and just create those boundaries, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Because I'm two ways, like, because I'm not always sure about working with friends because I've had both experiences. <laughs> I've had experiences where like yeah. people from work become like friends for life. Do you know what I mean? But then I've also had instances where friends from work, it hasn't really worked out. But on the other hand, like my family, so my mum has a business, which my brother works with her yeah. on. And my sister also used to initially work right. with her. So I'm actually the only one that's never worked in the family business, but I absolutely understand the okay. importance. Yeah, but I understand the importance of family businesses and how it's actually really good to keep the equity in the family as well. You know, it's just, it's just a it's a beautiful thing to be able to pass on to your family members, I think, and just to build together. But also I wanted to ask about like, how do you keep boundaries? Because I'll really be at dinner with my mum and my brother and they're discussing business. And I'm just like, what? Guys, come on. <laughs> yeah, um, we're still having issues with that. We're still having issues with that. My mum just likes to talk when she wants to. So if she's seen something, she's going to talk about it. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, I'm already thinking about the business all the time. Yeah. But then to have a conversation about the business all the time is another thing. We're still working on that. You're working. Um, okay. But I think it's more so we just, yeah, we're just, but we respect each other. We know when we're at work, there's no like, oh, you know, because I'm your mum, can I get this? Or can I do that? You know, no one's doing any of that. Like everyone respects each other, and it's and the thing is, I'm the youngest, so this is also very strange, um, because like I'm telling like my you know older siblings and my mum what to do sometimes, and it's a bit strange. Did you have to lean into that, or did it come naturally to you? No, I had to. I oh, I had to build it from the ground up because I was very submissive when I was growing up. So oh. like this is this is very new. Like I'm I'm an introvert and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. All of this is learned. All of this is like with experience because I knew I had to become this person in order to embody this role. Yeah. So like, I can't just not, I can't just be not like, again, I'm not even confrontational like that. But like, if I have to say something, if I have to, you know, like assertive. tell someone what to do or whatever. Yeah, I just have to be assertive and just be like, yeah, like, it's fine. It's fine that I'm saying this because if I need this done, it's fine. But obviously I don't say it like, you know, in a rude way or anything. I'm just like, oh yeah. And also I can't give invitation to it being a suggestion. Yeah, yeah. It just has to be, yeah, cool. Like, this needs to be done, please. Or like, you know what I mean? You know, but let's just have a nuanced conversation about this. But that's why I'm even open, very open with my journey. Because I was fired with like 200 pounds in my bank account. And it's like, to be honest, a lot of people aren't in that situation to then start a business. Yeah. So if I could do that with so little, I hope you could spend a few hours working on something. I'm not now saying everyone needs to quit their job. Not everyone has the privilege to do that. No, people And don't. I also recognise I had time privilege. I didn't have money. Yeah. But I had time privilege. Mm-hmm. So not everyone can do that. So if, even if it's an hour a day with a busy schedule, maybe you're, you know, you're a mom and you have a bunch of kids running around. I don't have 24 hours to, to work with here. Yeah. You might have one. But please, if you can, if you, because I, what can you create from that one, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's like my stance on that. <laughs> But I also think what's really good that um, it's how supportive your mum has been from the beginning. 
Because oh, I think yeah, that's yeah, another yeah, barrier yeah. that I see with people. Like their family might not be as supportive because we're always taught. Like, like my mom only became an entrepreneur in her fifties. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, growing up, it wasn't really seen as much of a of an option. You have to have like a stable career. When I was watching it, I just think, oh, it's such a testament to your mum on like what you've gone to do and the fact that she's been right there with you from the beginning. I just thought it was such a beautiful thing to see. I mean, it's funny because she actually wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> she wasn't. Really? Um, so um, here's the thing. So basically I was like, hey, obviously I ain't got a job, right? Mm-hmm. I have this idea. And then she was just like, she just kept on asking me to get a job. And even this was even before. So I had like that freelancing time. That was a year. Yeah. Um, that was basically yeah, And that was before I got the job that I then got fired from. Mm-hmm. So what a turn of events. But um. Yeah, she was like, oh, why don't you get a job? Why don't you get a job? Like, this doesn't seem like it's working. Why don't you get a job? And then I was just like, okay. So then I ended up getting a job. And then it was like one of the worst things. That, yeah, it was just a terrible job. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to go down that route again. Also, I don't think it was that realistic to find a job in the pandemic. I just didn't know how that was going to run. So I was like, once this, you know, once Plant Made came about, I was just like, or once Inches came about, I was like, do you know what? I sat down with my parents and I was like, okay. I know this is very new for us, everybody. I'm just going to need the space to work on this idea and make it happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm working on faith here. But just all I need is just the space. I don't need to hear, you know, get a job. Like, I just need the space to do it. I'm not asking for any money. I'm not asking for any help. I just need the space. And that's all I ask for. And then they were like, okay. Wow. So initially, that wasn't her vibe either. You've never seen it. You've never seen it. You don't, yeah, how do you yeah, know yeah. that's successful? Like, and it's a protection mechanism because they just want you to be okay. They just want you to be well. So I didn't hate them for that. I obviously understood where they were coming from. That, is, that doesn't mean I could have lived that life though. Because if I probably would have been unhappy again, very unhappy again mm. in another job. Because it would have never been what was truly meant for me. Mm. So I just mm. was like, do you know what? I feel like, this is why I, I, as much as lockdown was horrendous, it was also a gift to some people. I definitely think it was, it was a gift to me because um, it did change my life. Um, so, yeah, but since then, she's been on it. She's on it. That doesn't mean she's been physically working with me, but she's been allowing me the space. And then she became, yeah. okay, this is really doing well. Let me be a part of this. What helped trigger that? Was it social proof or was it, because I mean. I was showing her, I was showing her the money coming in because <laughs> it was like what was it a thousand in a week and then a hundred grand in five months and then a seven yep. figure business within a year yep. I yep. mean yep. listen when you see those zeros it's like and also I need to ask you like how do you stay so calm when you have a drop and they showed it on the show you have a drop and you're just seeing the money you're like yeah okay we've made was it Oh, was it like, oh, we made 10K in eight minutes or 18K in like 10 minutes? And you're just there, I'll be doing happy dances. <laughs> I'm like, what's this? The thing is, yeah, it, it was it was crazy that day because like that day was like one of our worst drops ever. And so it was like, oh, and I know most people would be like, yeah, like, wow, this is successful. Oh my gosh. But yeah, yeah. to us, it was like, oh, we've just got a new warehouse. <laughs> we've just got new stuff in. 
we got to pay the bills. So it was like, yeah. we couldn't really be happy because we knew now that this is not what it was before. This is not outside of my house. This is not in my house anymore. This isn't in our cheap storage unit. This is in a whole warehouse with, you know, business rates and all stuff, <laughs> you know? So that was what was coming through my head. Got you. So that's the context behind that scene. That's the context okay. behind that specific scene. But no, I'd be like, yeah, I remember when I first got like, Four grand my first day, June 2020. I was like, oh my days, this is insane. Like, it just felt like confirmation, you know? So every time I'd see new higher numbers, I'd get confirmation. But I also had to learn how to deal with lower months and I had to be grateful. So even in this season now, ever since we came back from our rebrand, I've just been grateful for whatever comes in because I've, I've seen the other side of it when it's really low. I can't let that affect my mental. I can't, I can't. Because there'll be too much. There'll be too much. So you've got you to be level-headed and be grateful for whatever comes your way. So, you know, in terms of like having up and down months, what work have you personally had to do to step up into this role, to like deal with the ups, the downs, being a boss, you know? Yeah. What work are you doing personally? I had to upskill so fast. I had to learn so fast. It was incredible because I have this rule and I say it all the time. I might have to fire myself at some point. No, and not, not to say that that's a bad thing, but I'm saying if I don't keep up, if I don't keep up with the growth of the business, I will have to fire myself and put someone else in. And, and the reason why it's not even that strange is because Ben Francis from Gymshark did the same thing. He was out firing himself because unfortunately someone else in the team was better than him. So he's now gone, you know, figured himself out, put himself back in a row. And even that's why he wasn't CEO for three, four months. I'm sorry, not three, four months, three, four years, three, four years. Yes. That's three, four years. Yeah. He took that's himself out of being CEO. Because sometimes you can be the reason that you're holding things up or you could almost be the bottleneck in terms of growth. That part. And you never want to be that way as a founder or as a CEO. So I'm reading books. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with people that are on eight figures I'm doing all I can to get that now. Because once you start to get to this place and you start to try and hit eight figures, nine figures, the noise, it gets quiet. Like there's not as, as much information as there used to be. No one's now talking. Mm. But every everything online is for beginners. But once you start to get, get these, these levels, everyone's quiet. So I'm trying to wow. now, you know, join news, newsletters, now trying to even fly out to conferences, talk to industry people in e-commerce who are absolutely killing it and who are making my favorite brands how do I align myself with them how do I build relationships with them how do I pay for their time how do I do whatever and how do I read the Mm. books that they're reading and how do I implement the things that they're implementing because if I don't I'm out the chair at the end of the day yeah yeah what kind of books and like who is it that you're looking at that has really kind of helped you take it to that next level or how or who are you looking at to take you to that next level so, um, again, I, unfortunately, I'm only looking at American brands because Americans are Americans. If, if you know what that means, you know what I mean. <laughs> we, uh, we, we all understand. <laughs> you all know what that means. Um, so, uh, actually, someone I just got off the phone with not too long ago. Um, his name is Jason Wong, and he has started so many brands. So, he started a brand called Doe Lashes, and it made 15 million in 18 months. Wow. He is 24. 24 wow this is what i mean by americans be americans you don't just see (laughs) that and just pass that by no you're gonna know you're gonna learn everything 
that they have to say. And thankfully, he was so sweet to to even say, oh, like, would you like to book a call with me? Because I just asked him a question. I said, hey, I know you're busy. Can you just have, like, three things? Can you just say three things that took you to that eight-figure mark? Because that's what we're gearing towards. And he was like, oh, let's actually have a call instead. That And I really appreciate that privilege. I really, really do. Another thing, though, I'm doing to attract people is to post my journey. Because people actually take me seriously because I've done work up until a point. So I can't be yeah. asking for mentors or anything like that if people haven't seen me put in the work. If I haven't even started the business and I'm asking for business advice, that doesn't make any sense. But I, it's almost yeah, like yeah. I've done everything I can. And now it's like, okay, cool. This person's actually done everything they can. Now, I don't mind helping them out a bit. And I feel the same way when it comes to like, yeah, who's yeah. asking me for help? Because when I've seen someone put in the effort, then I don't feel like I'm being, t- like, I'm now the source of your growth. Sometimes people like to position people as like, you need to tell me how to grow my business. It's like, I don't need to do anything. Sometimes I don't even know who you are. And also like yeah, yeah. my time, I'm already spending basically all my days working on my business. Like I don't necessarily have a lot of time to spare. Mm-hmm. So whenever I recognize someone who's really, <laughs> really put in the work, but it's just trying to figure out the way and it's not hitting a little bit, I'll I'll be more than happy to help them out. Mm. So that's why I did the same. That's why I'm sharing my story too. And and Stephen Bartley even said it himself. He was like, your online is your CV. Yes, facts. At the end of the day, post your life. Not not your whole life, but post some of it. Post your professional life at least. You know, put down your... your the things you attract that, the right exactly, people. Exactly, you'll, you'll start to attract people. So that's what I started to do. And I don't do enough of it. I'm struggling on Twitter specifically, but Twitter is a fantastic place to to network. It really is definitely helped me. And even information alone, I've grown in knowledge so much just because of tweets by the right people. Wow. Especially when they do like the threads as well, the business uh, people that do the threads. I know. And I used to be one of those people that used to do the threads, but I I don't remember the last time I did that. <laughs> <laughs> is that just due to time? Yeah. Also, it's a little bit of imposter syndrome, which is so funny because I get it. Yeah, I'm still working through that. That's one of my flaws I'm working through. Because <laughs> there's people with less. <laughs> oh, girl, please. We need the imposter syndrome to leave the room because we people are ready to learn from you. And you know another thing, yeah? It's really like, you know, you mentioned Stephen Bartlett. It's interesting you mentioned him because recently there was an, an article that came out that I felt was quite negative and they were just like, oh, they were almost trying to downplay his success, saying that he's just a motivational speaker or whatever. I think the key thing in it, I don't know if you saw this article. I think the key thing in it I is did that not know. people are not ready. Journalists, oh, you haven't seen it, girl. You don't need to see it. It's a bad vibes article. But to <laughs> me, it's just like in the UK, they are not ready to see British people or British business people move like Americans. It's like the yeah. audacity. Yeah. I can't believe you have the audacity to to be like that. And actually, I think we need more people to kind of lean into that. Otherwise, here, we're going to have like, it's going to be, you know, some kind of blockage where you can't even hit through. And especially it's when it's people that look like us. Then that's when they, they start kind of like really criticising the strategies and how you move but the fact that you even have to look to America especially for e-commerce it just shows that there's a market for it you might not like it but there's a market for it and people are gaining value from it yeah 100% and 
I can't believe people are reducing Stephen Bartlett to nothing because this guy really went from being homeless to being a multi-millionaire. So um, again, it's funny that people don't be doing their background checks on where people are coming from. Like, I'm sorry, no one can tell me that I'm privileged and I'm more privileged than them, unless they actually are. Most of the time, people were in a much better place than I was when I started out. That's why I share my story because I can't wait to quote tweet somebody that tries me and I, I just send them that. At the end of the day, um, yeah, it's just a bit insane. Um, but, <laughs> You're ready with the receipts. <laughs> <but> the thing, <laughs> nah, I'm always ready. Like I'm always ready. But um, I just think it's a lot in this game. People have a lot to say. People who have who haven't started businesses have a lot to say about business people, about the wealthy, whether money matters in life or not. All of this stuff. It's it's just like I don't know. We need money to breathe at this point because everything costs an arm and a leg. Right. So why don't at least we add value in the in the world to make that money? Do you know what I mean? So that's why I'm grateful for my mission. Stephen, I mean, he's just completely switched from being a social media marketer to now. Now, like what it took to even get to that point to build a business like that. Now that's what he's sharing now. He's sharing the other side of things because I think business and mental um and, and self-help, or not self-help, but like self-improvement going hand in hand you can't you you have to improve you have to be self-aware you have to also build discipline and stuff like that to build a kind of business like that that's all she's sharing right now and it's also something that i have since since 2020 to be honest i've no actually since i started my podcast mindset has been a massive thing to me because i would not be here to be able to handle even cease and desist and stuff like that and come back from that if i didn't have you know my mental checked are we gonna see you in retail I is it going to be a book? I mean, hey, I'm, I can write. So someone give me a book deal. Someone give me that. I, I can do that. I can do that. What about retail? Are we going to see you in retail? Or are we going to see you doing like physical drops like Supreme? I can't. Yeah. The funny thing is we actually learn a lot from the fashion industry, especially when it comes to drops and get, making things exciting and just mm-hmm. adding life to a redundant industry, you know. And like, also, how the hell else are we going to stand out? Especially when we go to skincare. Like, boy, if if we, everything we're doing is a bare minimum, we have to get to the next level. So that's why our, our community piece is, is so important. We're going to do whatever we can. Um, but yeah, physical jobs would be sick. Um, retail would be cool. Um, doing more like live events as well is something we really want to do. And I want to speak a lot more as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of things that I hope comes into fruition and also making more money more money getting the money (laughs) making more money getting more customers and also dominating the u.s that is that is our target right now to be a household name in the u.s honestly cannot wait to see you achieve all of if you've done this in 18 months it's just like the world's your oyster sis like we're gonna just be here rooting for you you. (laughs) no honestly we'll be here rooting for you um so that is amazing and where can everyone find you online yeah, so um, you can find me at AMAA underscore underscore official. So that's Amma with another A underscore underscore official. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. You can find me at Amma Moje on TikTok, which I'm starting. I'm trying, trying to do more TikToks. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not going to be left behind. Um, and then the brand, um, <laughs> <laughs> the brand is that we are plant made everywhere. Um, so it's we are plant made everywhere. Um, no gaps, no anything like that. But yeah, check out, check us out and see 
if you like anything. Yay. Thank you so much. You have been a pleasure. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for another week. I hope you guys were inspired as I was because Amma really went in. Like she gave us details. She gave us mindset. She gave us marketing tease, all of it. If you guys liked what you heard, then make sure you hit me up on at Pillow of Society. Let me know. And also hit Amma up and make sure you're checking out Plant Made. We'll be back next week. See ya. Bye.